0: you're listening to deep focus here is part two of three parts of this broadcast from june 8th 2015 craig harris in the studio with me and our topic is Sun Ra. if you're enjoying this program you should check out uh, there's another show posted a little while back with craig harris on charles mingus which is also stunning mingus being Craig Harris is great inspiration to pursue this music in the first place, as he'll tell you. The music on that is stunning as well. Enjoy part two, Craig Harris on Sunrods. Deep focus on Mitch when Goldman. When we
1: went to the uh, airport, we were overweight as usual because you come in and you know, and the, uh, the guy said y'all are overweight. And I remember we were real overweight because everybody brought back half of Africa in their back.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> and Richard Wilkinson was one of the great Danny Thompson and Richard Wilkinson were the great, two great businessmen I've seen in my lifetime. And Richard just said, well, my brother, you know we don't have it. he said, no, my brother, you are very, very overweight. And Richard took the guy outside, and they did what they did, whatever they did. <laughs> and when we came back, we was underweight. <laughs> so that's Richard Wilkinson. He was, he was a great person. Him and Barry Harris were very good oh, friends. Oh, yeah. You know, Richard worked with the jazz uh, theater when Barry was on 8th right, right. Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so that instilled that thing in me about having music in your community. And that's and I'm gonna bring people up to date because that's what I've been working on a lot in these days about presenting music in my own community. I live uptown and we start we have a series. First off, we have one series.
0: I just I wanna make sure people know if you're just joining us, this is uh this is why I do this show. Right. <laughs> you're listening to WKCR and uh we call this show Deep Focus and experiencing inside the mind of craig harris is right. why this show is called deep focus we're talking about the music of sunra and it's taking us as it should down uh, many pathways oh
1: man many pathways <laughs> and and, to, and, go
0: and on. Yeah, no no i just I, I i'm thrilled getting to share these stories and you're, you're on it mitch you're I'm on it just, i'm just sitting i'm just sitting here you know uh Indian style, around the campfire with the rest of the listeners listening to you talk about your life experiences.
1: This is fantastic. Yeah, but you started it. So you started <laughs> well, the mess. You started you, your instigate, okay? Y- you okay.
0: have heard, you should have heard, you will have heard Craig Harris playing trombone, leading bands, uh, teaching and uh, doing all kinds of great work that he does, including producing this concert series that producing uh, concert series. I, I want I just want to set the table for you to talk about that a little bit
1: right okay the concert series is back up and to come to you know that thing about sunrise about entrepreneur owning your you know you know kind of have control of your own destiny in fact on that tour when I went with Sunrise in 76 first time I noticed they had two large large boxes and I didn't know what was in these boxes two large boxes records uh-huh. So I used to bring product with him, records. No, with with just a blank white thing, and he would scribble on it. Yeah. And he would sell the records after the concerts every time. I, and I, and everybody, you know, they had this big. I mean, I mean, they they, they probably brought about three thousand records with them. Pico and Richard and them, they was in charge of, and they had these, they, and they would sell the records every night. And I, and this is predates all of this. What I'm seeing now, when people selling see right. product right, at, right, their, right. at their at their thing. And his, his his former partner, business partner, Alton Abraham, they yeah. started El Saturn Records back in the 50s, El Saturn Research. Somebody can quote me on the full name of it. And and so I said, oh, okay, this is how this is done. And he said, yeah, you sell your records, you sell your product, and you also give your own concerts. And at this time, I'm, I'm a part of that whole coming from the uh, do for self. Do for self, create your own situations. Right. Don't, don't complain. You know, if somebody's, if it's not going your way, go create your own.
0: And this, it's funny thinking about the, all the parallels here that this is a part of uh, the perception now for artists to, you know, whether it's online and you have to have your business together and promoting yourself, the whole, you know, punk rock, DIY, do it yourself, all these different strains of uh, artists taking responsibility and financial control of their right. own work. And, Sunra was, I think he was ahead of everybody with this.
1: I kind of think so. I, I'm sure with like maybe Langston Hughes did the same with his books, Oscar Micheaux did the same with his films, about, But it's it's from that era of uh, you have to really take care. Sunra really was on top of that with Richard, and they used to sell. In fact, some nights when because remember when we were in Europe, we were barnstorming, so we didn't have some nights we didn't work. There was a couple of nights we didn't, so the the the. the, the LP sales, right, the CDs. not the CD. Right. The
0: LP sales. These were digital download LPs, right? right? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, right, <laughs> right.
1: Yeah,
0: little, we're talking analog, folks. We're analog. talking with 12, 12, inch, twelve inch, twelve inch LPs. LPs. Yeah, twelve yeah, inch,
1: yep. twelve inch, with no, just a blank white. Uh, what do they call the thing in the middle? The that you. The thing in the middle. Yeah, it's been so long. The label. The label. The label. And he would just scribble on the label some like some sun some sun stuff, and he would sell them and. I heard he would
0: like pass them around in the van, van
1: the bus, right, or whatever, right, exactly. And, exactly.
0: and markers, and exactly,
1: exactly. See, see Mitch, you know things. you know, you got well. you know things, Mitch. You know, you know, and and, and sell them, and, and sometimes that would that would that would carry us through those those real days we weren't working and stuff like that. And you know, Sunrod was always creating things. Sunrod would go sometimes and do with twenty people do things that didn't pay well at all and he did not pay well at all. So uh he sell the seller the things there, sell the recordings. And uh so it is, you know, just I'm just learning. I'm learning from this. I'm just learning. And it's that thing and being born to African seeing Faila, how they have this music in this community and like is not this big pop star. he's just regular Faylot like, hey like he's walking the stage and somebody who knows him all is like, Faelar, lend me a three Naira or something like you know, <laughs> you know, somebody has that kid can, can touch him, you know, he's in his natural state, he's in his natural thing and well the band's gonna hit in about an hour and he's sitting at the bar, he just you know, it's not all this like security and uh you know, you can you can get to this person in the same and what's his name, uh in uh in Senegal, he does the same thing now. Uh with the great, great Senegalese singer. Oh, um well uh, we're getting there, Mitch. Yeah, we are. Mitch, we, we are. there. We Yusendor. To... Yeah. The same thing. He plays that he has a place called uh he has a place in in the Grand Dakar, and every night when this band is off they used to play there and the same thing, like you'd have access to these people. And so uh it's important for me to have music in my community where I grow where I grow, where I'm where I'm growing and it's it's, it's nice just to walk a block away from where you live to where you're gonna work. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like you know getting all that tension, like you got to get on the airplane, the security, you got to do get, get a taxi. It's just a beautiful thing just to go, and just like <laughs> just go and see and see your people, your family. Your family members yeah. can come. You yeah. know you you walk you walk there and and you see somebody you on the street. Yeah, we getting ready to play in tomorrow. Oh, come on down. And so we started a series at this church uh, on 137th Street. Uh, Rendell Church, which is, I think it's 59 West 137th Street. That's like uh, right two blocks away from the two or three train to 135th Street right near Harlem Hospital.
0: Very easy to get to.
1: Very, very, very easy access. And we do it, but we do it in the daytime at noon because there's a lot of people, you know, music shouldn't be just like in clubs or something like that. This is for, so families and, and, and children and stuff can come. And we start, the first set is at noon, and it goes from noon to uh, 1245. Then the second set is from 1 to 145. And it's also, we have a, you know, uh, with this gentrification in, in most of the world, a lot of our neighborhoods are changing so much. And so it's important for us to keep our uh, kind of control over our culture. And so my neighbor, Carolyn uh, Johnson, who's uh, Welcome to Harlem. Welcome to Harlem. We do this. She has a website. You can go check us out. Welcome to Harlem. You go to my website, and we're there every Tuesday, and we have an incredible group of musicians. We've been doing it since November. We opened up. I remember who opened up for us. Bob Stewart opened up for us in November with his band. But uh, we, we, we're in we're in a full effect now. Uh, tomorrow, Ted Daniels, wow, great trumpet player.
0: Now, if you don't know, these are this is top shelf. It is. It this is. is the real culture in the music, yeah. and it's an, it's literally an open door.
1: It's an open door. It's a fifteen dollar charge, and people come from out the world, throughout the world, to see this music. It's right across the street from the Schoenberg Library. You can come there if you want to do that. You can do that for out of towners or this. And and now you know with this this whole growing. In the neighborhood, in my neighborhood, there's restaurants now from 120th Street all the way up to 135th. Harlem is so called in vogue. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember being, being in Harlem with Richard and Richard, Richard at St. Nicholas Project. Richard, I, I think Richard Wilkinson, because he really brought that to my attention. And then uh, next week you can go to our, our on the, uh, that's on the on the ninth, and then the 16th is Vincent Chancy, that infamous. French horn player who went to the shrine with Is it me. safe? Is it safe to talk about this Oh, now? yes, it's safe to talk about it. It's so funny. And, and, we, and we're still here on the planet, but we can talk about it. Okay. You know, you just have to wait until somebody has made their transition. Uh, but, all, you know, and then uh, uh, the, the 23rd, Jonathan Fennelson, the good young trumpet player, who's been working a lot with Steve Coleman. And then we come back with the sage. Hamid Blewett will be on the 30th and just go to our website, call up at the station. Uh, we have, I, I wanted to, uh, some free ticket giveaways, so oh, we need to cool. arrange that with you. Oh, okay, you, need, yeah. you need to yeah, that. Yeah. So, you sure. know, I'll talk to Mitch about that, how we can do this free ticket giveaways, because we like give, you know, we like people to come. And yeah. it's, it's in Harlem, and it's in the daytime, y'all. You know what, that's a really nice thing. That's a really,
0: it's just a whole, even the same music, there's a different feel, there's a uh, different environment. Doing it in a church, I think, is um, really beautiful. And uh, I like going out to clubs at night, but the opportunity to hear the music during the day—and maybe there's somebody, maybe there's somebody lives in your building, or maybe there's an older person in your family, or a young person in your family—is a perfect opportunity a Tuesday afternoon you can make a day of it in Harlem especially this time of year
1: yeah very much so great
0: that's a that's fantastic
1: very much so and and uh the series has been going well and then uh I know we carry on after that we go there's a Khalil Kwame Bell is going to be on July 7th Howard Johnson the great tuba back baritone player he's going to play on the 14th then Electra uh Curtis Stewart the violinist she's going to play uh the Third week of July, and we closed out July with Steve Swell playing trombone. Nice. So it's a we try to keep it, and this is the New York I grew up in. It mm-hmm. was like there are these sections, these these clicks or whatever. Mm. They, we cross, we cross like it's, it goes back to this place like the Ten Palace, or uh, where you would see George Coleman one night. The next night you would see Air. You know, this 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 kind of uh, curatorship where you just presenting full spectrum of of the great of the music was because. I really think that's lacking. Yeah. You know, that's really lacking. We've, you know.
0: Well, it's, it, maybe it's our fault. Not our fault, but maybe it's our opportunity to bring that around.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's you know, because even if, you know, it's like the, you know, the Du Bois statement about, uh, you know, the, the hand is, it's five, there's five fingers, but it's, it's, we're all one hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and finding the common tonalities between us is very important very important you know I might be the pinky you might be the ring finger you might be the middle finger you might be the point the, what, the index finger you might be the thumb but we're all still on one hand and that's kind of to my music community you know you, you need to check out W.E.B. Du Bois he has a great mm-hmm. statement about it and I'm not I'm butchering it but it's a great statement and it makes so much sense to me about this hand we're all part of this hand and, and then when we tighten up and we get together we're a fist and uh, that's, 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 that's what the programming is and we also do it at another church, not to confuse, but every third Sunday at a church called, uh, called Mount Morris Presbyterian, we do a thing called Three on Three. Every third Sunday at three o'clock, we do concerts with uh, myself and my neighbor, Patricia Eaton, and we have concerts. We do opera. Last week, we had incredible tenors, and a month before that, I did the music of uh, this thing, Brown Butterfly, for six or seven musicians. So you know go to my website craigsharris.com. craig c
0: r a i g c r a i g s C-R-A-I-G, harris.com right and there was another site you mentioned was welcome... welcome
1: to harlem.com
0: welcome to harlem.com and that's to find out about these fantastic right. concert series and
1: you'll give me some how we could we yeah. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just, just ticket information so you could cuz KCR is always KCR is right here in Harlem with us and uh you know it's about presenting this music. And that, and that's, and you know, Mitch, to bring it back around, like, you know, we talk about that's, that's Sun Ra for me. That's that's all coming from Sun Ra for me. I mean, it, it was laid out. He never preached to me about it, but I just, you know, if you watch, this what this man was about. He was about the self preservation of this art form. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm feeling the lifestyle it. that goes with it. The life, even though he, you know, even like saying, but you know, 21 and telling you me not going to shrine, that didn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. That wasn't going to do it. I was going to get my party on. <laughs> I'm still hung up on that. Just remembering that
0: feeling. Something I've never talked to anybody about, but we all know those moments of being 21, 22, 23, and somebody saying, you got your passport? Oh, yeah. I remember uh, actually Shannon saying to me one time, we were at the airport, Mitch, you got your toothbrush? let's go we <laughs> are gonna be, rolling. Gonna be rolling for a while. Gonna be yeah rolling. yeah and then you never know you know where you're gonna but, land with it 40 yeah, years later
1: but i like to get back some of this music this great music because uh we, uh mitch is really you know and he's and he's he's informed me that there's so much and uh, we did a show a long time ago about this deep listening deep focusing about these these there's, there's some special recordings a lot of things, even most musicians would tell you, there's some things happening live on the bandstand yes. that do not happen in the studio. Yes, it's just we we take we, we we take a little more risk in audience, and you know that that we when we try to, in the studio, trim Time, we're looking for that perfect perfection, and then the live performance we're looking for for more so that great perfect imperfection. Yes, you know, and that's and that's the beauty of these things because. Nobody, nobody knew the tapes for. Well, Sometimes when you don't know the tapes while going on, you just you you will reveal other parts of yourself. It's like pictures, like you you know, it's like different faces, and uh, you're caught out, you know, just open, vulnerable. You're vulnerable to these things, and we we've, we've we've collected some nice things. What do you want to listen to?
0: Well, I want to take a quick moment to editorialize about that. We're we've got this fantastic collection of live recordings that no one's ever heard, and we're just reveling in them. On that night when they were recorded, maybe there was somebody who was like, "Eh, hey, you feel like going? Yeah, I don't know. Eh, yeah, maybe sunrise's always around. I'll see him next time." You missed it. Here it is. Forty years later, we're listening to this. Mind's blown. The point being, it's it's fun listening to these recordings, but if you really want to experience this music. You have to be in the room while it's happening. Right. You have to, the musicians, they respond, you respond to the audience. Very much so. You, The people, a performance isn't just the people on stage, it's the people on stage with the people in the audience. You are half the show. Yes. So, sitting home and saying, oh, how can I get an MP3 of that or whatever? <laughs> no, you're, you're missing the whole show. The whole show, is, what we're really about here is saying, You got to walk out the door. You got to go. Live
1: music, we need you. all Yes, very much so. Very much so.
0: And and not just the musicians need you, which they do. You need it. You need the the gifts, and messages, and uplift that's coming your way. You kind of you have to be there, in the room while the the room is vibrating with the music. So just a little encouragement. Wherever you are, if you're in New York, it's easy to find the music. But wherever you are, it's there. You might have to dig a little bit, but and it might—you know, you might have to kiss a few toads. You might go out and go, you know, it's just not happening tonight. But, but you might be there on that night when, 40 years from now, somebody's sitting on the radio going, "Oh my goodness, this right. is unbelievable."
1: You know, it's it's it's. it's it, I don't go out and hear much as live music as I used to hear. But I, I have to I have to kinda of change that because there's things going on, you you miss things, you miss things. You know, even I you know, with I can YouTube, I can bring things up, and I can see more things than I've ever saw before at this great time. We have more ways of communicating, but we have less communication than ever, just to be there, touch somebody, see somebody. You know, and a, a, a great person, he never talked about it, but I used to watch Cecil Taylor, the great piano player, Cecil Taylor. I used to watch Cecil Taylor, and he would always be out yeah. listening. Yeah, 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 Listen, yeah, yeah He would yeah. always be He would yeah. be always out listening, yeah.
0: listening. Don Cherry, too. Don Cherry was always just, like, pff, drinking it in.
1: You know, he would always be out listening, and I'd see him. He'd be all over just listening, all everybody. He just would be out listening. And I'm saying, okay, this guy is out here every night just listening to music. And it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to just be out there, listening, yeah. listening, uh, you know, witnessing, witnessing. You know, there's that whole thing about a witness. Uh, you know, like you know that sense of uh, when you when you played that space, plays that warm my heart because there's a trumpet player on there named Octal Eba, who's who's made his transition. But um, Octal Eba was more like uh, for other people who maybe are I'll, I'll, similar to this man Ray Nance, the great trumpet cornet player violinist a dancer singer with duke ellington that was like sunrise ray nance ebar could play the trumpet he could dance and he could sing he was incredible he was an incredible person and he would just he would just lift the house with the audience with the people he would just lift it up and, and i'm listening to him and he's that one don't you want to go and i used to watch this guy and i said this guy is really something else and uh that was it. or oh, you would go sometimes, I remember we played a long time ago, we played one night and all of a sudden I'm seeing Chico Freeman, Sunra I mean Chico Freeman, Farrell Sanders, and uh John Gilmore. And I because Farrell Sanders played with uh Sun Ra early, yeah, yeah, early, yeah, yeah. early Sun Ra. And Chico's from uh Chicago. Right. And Von Freeman, who was Chico's father, he had a Sun Ra- Affiliation. So one night Chico came, you know, they, all, they knew Chico because he was Vaughn's son. And Pharoah played, and I watched that. That was really, you know, you don't, if I, because that wasn't listed on the, on the playbill. Right. That just happened. Right. <laughs> the the bandstand was open and I'm watching Chico Freeman, Vaughn, I mean, Chico Freeman, be exactly, Craig. Chico Freeman, John Gilmore, and Pharoah Saunders. And that was, I mean, they got into this, this thing, and I was like, whoa. And that's that's from going out here live music. New York City is still like that. You can you can yeah. hear beautiful things. Yeah 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 yeah.
0: All right. Well, we gotta gotta give. We gotta. We, you got the message. You got the message. You know what to do.
1: Yeah, and do support us up at our at our uh, at our series. You know, spread the word. Spread the word. And Mitchell Mitchell is gonna, is gonna educate me how we do this. Yeah. ticket ticket absolutely giveaways.
0: So we've got these fantastic live recordings of Sunra. We've got. I got to tell you that show from Silver Spring, Maryland is about to jump off with I'll Never Be the Same and Yeah Man and King Porter Stomp, which right. is fantastic. We also have this uh Bremen show, which sounds gorgeous. I mean that sounds like the C D yeah. that When was that? That was uh eighty six, but okay. it's also got uh Pat Patrick and Gilmore okay. yeah. and everything. So uh, Yeah we
1: should yeah let's hear yeah. You want to
0: jump into some of that?
1: Yeah let's uh let's uh let's hear the um King Porter.
0: Let's hear that, and then we'll come back and... And jump into the the new band. Okay, all right.
1: And I'm being self-indulgent, because I want to hear this myself,
0: (laughs) I haven't heard this. So this is... Craig Harris is our guest. He's on this recording... From 1977, March of 77, you guys are practically fresh off the plane from Nigeria, from right. Festac.
1: And that, that's was February, that's when they, the police, invade you know, if you saw this big, this great thing, uh, Fela on Broadway, where they yeah. did this thing about when they, after when we were, all that time, Fela was talking, and then as soon as we, all the country, everybody left the country, it was just the police and Fela, that's when they uh. they raided his house, Uh and just committed all those atrocities. They threw his mother out the window. Yeah. They just threw out. It was just so, it was horrible. If you do a history about the fail-out, about that, about that whole period. F-E-L-A. Right. And look them look up
0: if uh, if you're intrigued by what Craig's saying because this is one of the most compelling individuals in right. our lifetime. Yeah. I've got some fail stories. I'm, I met him hung mm-hmm. out with him a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. Tell you. Off okay. mic. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, March eighteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Sunra from the WKCR archives. I'm Mitch Goldman here with Craig Harris, Sunra Radio. Live recordings of Sun Ra, probably you've never heard. It's uh, that from Silver Spring, Maryland, March 1977, featured on trombone, a boyish, youthful Craig Harris. And you know what? You know who's sitting in the studio with me now in 2015? A boyish, youthful Craig Harris.
1: it great. It was some great. <laughs> With, With a little gray. <laughs> With a little, a little gray. 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 With a little gray. Still boyish and youthful. But, but Mitch, it's like you know, I just, just hearing this, you know, uh, you know, we just heard this segment. We heard, yeah, man, and we heard uh, Pat Patrick on the first piece, the ballad, Pat Patrick, who was my mentor in the sense of bringing me into the sunrise fold, and he looked out for me. He, he really, un- he, he, he explained to me how everything was gonna go. And, wow. the, and he was he was dead on. He knew because he, he knew how to navigate sunrise because him and Sun Ra were went back to 53, 54. So he said, "This is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this, and everything will flow." You know. So that's that thing wow. about mentorship. Yeah, you know that mentorship. Pat Patrick just mentored me through that, real in a, in a good way. He looked and that's up. how
0: his son became governor of Massachusetts. Right,
1: right, <laughs> right, right. And his son, and that's and that's so funny. Yeah, his son is governor of Massachusetts to this day, Duval, Duval Patrick. And then we went into, uh, yeah, man, Fletcher Henderson. And for the people who don't know, Fletcher Henderson, one of our great band leaders, our great American composers, orchestrators, arrangers, probably one of the prototypes of the big band. Oh, yeah. That big band is where you have five saxophones, uh, four trombones, well, it was three trombones then, and four trumpets. Uh, Louis Armstrong played in Fletcher Henderson's bands in Chicago. And let it be known, Sunrod played in Fletcher Henderson's band. When the latter years, when Fletcher Henderson, his brother Horace was running the band, and Fletcher Henderson's health-wise, Sunrod played the piano chair. And so he had a. And great he, he
0: was was he was doing some arranging some, as well, some, right? Writing, yeah. yeah,
1: some of the writing, and uh, so uh, he uh, he uh, he had a great and he was in depth to that Erskine Hawkins. He was that period of music all before him from Alabama. You know, Sunrod was really in he kind of knew about this music of the 1920s and 1930s firsthand you know you got it. That's the best way to get it firsthand and through him i learned about big green jimmy harrison Trummy young all these great trombone players before jj johnson you know that did do these great things uh, with the trombone and uh, it was funny we had to learn you had to learn the solo like that solo da da those that's uh i know uh john johns playing clarinet john gilmore He's playing clarinet and uh, tenor saxophone. He that's Coleman Hawkins solo. He's playing, uh, I, um, and we had to learn the solos, and we had to learn like Sun Ra, He wrote the parts out, but he made us go listen to the music and you know get historically updated on what we were doing. And uh, and first time because he had been in it, he and he had a certain drive. Sun Ra was like a little orchestra himself on on the piano, and when he got when he got this this electronic stuff, it was like. You know, very powerful, the way he was able to do this thing.
0: It's funny, too, thinking about the fact that now we're in this age where, oh, you know, you can, like you were saying, you could punch anything up on YouTube or whatever. In 1977, if you wanted to hear some Fletcher Henderson recordings, yeah, it might not be, uh, I mean,
1: you know, yeah. Sun Ra
0: had it in his fingers.
1: Yeah, he had it in his fingers, and he was there. He was there. he, he Yeah. Was, he was able to, you know... But, I
0: mean, he of, couldn't just say to you, yeah, go out and learn this stuff and memorize right, it. Right, you you, know. you wouldn't... I mean, maybe you you'd know. find it in a library or something, but you know, it wouldn't necessarily be on a shelf in a record store. There were no computers around or anything right. at that time.
1: Yeah, we played, we played lightning. We played... A, I remember one time at the public theater, when the Joe Paps Public Theater, before it was Joe's Pub, they used to... You know, we had, they had a great music... Set, music. Andy was his name. I forgot Andy's name. And... Uh, he, uh, he booked it, and uh, it was a woman. She booked it. Nancy might have been. She married Kip Hunran. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You I know, know. Was a couple of them. Yeah. I forget. Them. I'm sorry I'm I've, I've forgetting people's names, but I, I'm living longer so I can forget more <laughs> and so I can gain some of this new information. That's <laughs> <Yes>. excuse. <laughs> there you go. And uh, so, you know, that was And I'm looking right at this picture of Coleman Hawkins and Max Roach, and it's just that's, that's that thing about tradition. Sun Ra was uh, tradition in transition. I mean, you could go and... It was you know because there's a lot of people you can go in his band and absolutely learn nothing. Mm-hmm. You can sit there and he'll let you learn and you that's what you wanted to do and then you can go into the band and you can learn a lot because you had a whole bunch of different influences in the band, all the way all th- through all parameters of the music, and that was the beautiful thing about it. You know if you want to learn things like I remember I used to uh, John Gilmore did not talk a lot and I used to uh, Pat Patrick I would talk to him more about you know. Uh, chordal construction, chordal sequences, turnarounds, and st- all that kind of stuff. Pat Patrick was, you know, very well into that. Uh, I know, because uh, the great baritone, great saxophonist uh, Charles Davis and Pat Patrick were, like, very close. And they, they they had that kind of thing. They spent time with John Coltrane and all this. So Pat, Pat would talk more about it uh, like that. But John was more demonstrative, in that he would play it every night, so you had to just listen every night. And then I know when we'd be in the hotels, I'd you'd hear him practice. So I'd always, like, I'd be practicing, but I'd just stop practicing, <laughs> and I'd listen to him practice. I was, trying to, I was trying to find out what he was practicing. And I'd talk to him about it every once in a while, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk a lot about it, because he was, like, trying to sleep on the bus or just trying to do his thing. And he'd always get up and... Uh, he played some long tones. That's like long tones to improve his tone. And then he would play some scalar sequences. Never really fast, or nothing. Just, just getting, getting it under his fingers. Just like, you know, he'd work out a sequence and he would get it on his sequences. Never practice. And I'm saying, well, he's going to practice. that solely. He never practiced the music that we were going to play that night. I was always, I was so where does he <laughs> does it? You know, like, you know, like he he wouldn't practice the repertoire that we were playing. He just was practicing basic things, just about an hour or two every day because we were playing every night. And and I'd always listen to him practice, and uh, and then there were, like I said, it was text, textural plays. They just played like if you played something, they could just like play textures. They played incredible textures. It wasn't they didn't have a they didn't have a, a broad harmonic sense or harmonic knowledge, but they had this thing, like ilo omo. Mm. Who had just played this bass clarinet? Who had just under just had a very incredible. Pettitomes spirit. tones and yeah, but he had a he had a he had a, a thing that came yeah, through him when yeah. he played this, and he wasn't he didn't train a long time playing, but he just had this thing. He was also, in fact, he was uh he was the vice lord for this gang in Chicago called the Chaplains and Sunrod. he got ran out of town, and so he joined Bounty Sunrod. So Sunrod said, "Here, you play the bass clarinet." And he learned how to play the bass clarinet on the game. But he was a, a warlord in one of the gangs in Chicago. Wow. You know, And but he's been, he, but textures, Just, just that, a, That's a guy you might want to have with you in ex- certain ex- circumstances. Exactly, or uh, James Jackson, who was, you know, who was like uh, uh, nth, nth, nth degree in some kind of martial arts, but, you know, and uh, could do anything. But he had he had a broad group of people around him. And so as a young person, you can go in there and you can learn And lot. And Al Evans, you don't speak about him, but Al Evans was a trumpet player. He's a, He was in that band. I, in fact, I could name the whole band. It was so, it was such like a family, I could just name it. trumpet section was Chris Capers from Queens, New York, great trumpet player. Ahmed Abdullah to this day, okay? Uh... Uh, Al Evans from Boston. Al Evans is deceased, but he would be around 90 something now. But he came out of that uh, Jackie Byard, oh and sure, Sam yeah. Rivers, and all them out of Boston. He was mm-hmm. Berkeley. Al Evans, uh, he played trumpet, and he had a, an incredible um, harmonic knowledge. And I would go, you know, I'd check his his He, he used to write a lot in his room, and then and then from Vincent Fance, Vincent Chance, he played French horn. I played trombone. That was the brass section. And then the reed section was James Jackson on, on bassoon, flute, and the Infinity drum. Yeah, the band that was a big drum that was about how about about five, six feet tall. Yeah, and he got on it st- on on uh, a chair and he played it with these big, like hooked kind of mallets, and and very similar to uh, the people from Burundi, the drums, the big yeah. b- big drums from like Burundi. Sabata. Yeah, like uh, bigger than the sabado. Yeah, 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 yeah. More like the big drums, like the what's the drums? Surdo. Yeah, yeah, Brazilian yeah. surdo. The yeah, Japanese like ones, though. Oh yeah, yeah, taiko drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like you know, and he would come, but coming out of that African yeah. concept, and then Elo um, Omo. Listen, there's
0: a there's a great story about the origin of the ancient Egyptian infinity drum too.
1: Okay, you're gonna and run I, that down on me.
0: I I don't know if I have it ready to go. I was hoping you might remember. I don't know. I mean,
1: there's so many things. that <laughs> I anyway. like, It'll, it'll fall going, in. Because I've been away from it. Uh, in fact, last year was his centennial, Sunrise yeah. Centennial. So I put together a group of 10 musicians and we did it in Europe and we did it uptown a couple of times, part of the concert series I was doing. And I just, I just wrote arrangements of uh, sunrise music. I just wrote Arrangements of the music, really and really dealing with that period from 1953 to 1963, where he was inside, still inside of this harmony, but he was extending the, the parameters of harmony, rhythm. So I dealt with that. Uh, but Elo uh, Omo and then Danny Davis played alto saxophone. Marshall Allen played alto saxophone, and Reggie I forgot his name. He's from Philadelphia. He played soprano saxophone. That was the, that was the reed section. Then Sun Ra. Hayes Burnett played bass, Anthony Bunn played bass, and then uh Rod
0: Dew is on some of these recordings. Yeah, but this
1: was not, this was oh, the on tour. What, this was right. Tony uh Bright, Larry Bright played drums, and the great Clifford Jarvis played played drums. So this is the first time I was ever played with a drummer of that level. If I don't know, Clifford Jarvis is out of Boston, out of, and uh, affiliated with Tony Williams, they were they played a lot, very similar to each other. And just to watch somebody play drums like that every now, I was like, whoa! And then yeah. June Tyson and Cheryl Banks and uh, Julius Holton, we call him Moon Dude. And I think I got everybody. And on that on that on that run, t- right. and then Teddy came in. He came in. So and so, it, it, it's, it's you know I still know every name in that band, and it's, it's, it's a lot of them are gone too. And that's what I also know now. But but I mean. That's when you have a band like you know like 40 years later I, I think an Octal Iba, I could remember everybody that was in the band in that in that little f- year period I was you know that wow. year period. You going to say something?
0: I was I was going to ask you this might be a question you might not have an answer for but uh what do you think it was about young Craig Harris that uh, opened the door that made them say this guy's got something we 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 need.
1: Uh, first of all, I was I was brought in by Pat Patrick, so, so that so means, you you
0: had the okay.
1: imprimatur, right, 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 and and that and that was because I had Pat Patrick because because Ken McIntyre, my mentor, he hired Pat Patrick to teach at Westbury, and Ken McIntyre kind of prepared me well, in that sense of, uh, you know, working on my sound and working on basic harmonic things and. So so when I came out of school, I was I was you know I, I had an understanding. So I was I was.
0: He had I'm just remembering conversations I had with Ken McIntyre. He and he had a a very broad kind of all encompassing view about music and making music and playing music and responding to it. And I'm sure that was
1: very much so. And and that's why I think and 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 so I was prepared for Sunrise in that sense of of, of this broad of being prepared for to be unprepared. Yeah you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. being prepared to be unprepared, and and, that, and that, that 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 really that comes from McIntyre. You know, just you know prepping your stuff. In fact, I remember I, the first time I went to uh I sat in with Sun Ra, and then he told me I'm in the band. We're going to tour, but he said come down because they lived in Philadelphia on Morton Street, where they still have a house now, where Marshall has the house. And in fact, it's the house that. uh Marshall's father gave the Sunrise. Marshall, Mr. Allen gave Sunrise oh, that I house never knew on Morton that. Street. Yeah, huh. yeah. Mr. Mr. Allen. That was Marshall's father. And Marshall's 92 now. Mr. Allen was a funny man. And he says, you know, but he has, you know, that was his son. And we were young. They were much younger than Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen was an old man. He said, all right, y'all, just go on, do what y'all are doing. Play that music. And uh, so I went down there, and the first thing he gave me to play, he said, okay, play this. And he said, everything I... Everything I am is yours, you're a part of me. It's a ballad, so I played that, and he, and he worked with me. And uh, and it was on, it was on, it was on. And it was, for me, it was just like, just just trying to... Uh, Soak it in. That's yeah. all, just soaking it in and, and trying to learn, trying to learn, trying to learn. You always, you always want to be, as a musician, you always want to be in a healthy situation where you're learning and you're growing. And that was and I saw a, a vast opportunity for growth growth in there you know vast opportunity for growth also in the, also in the realm of a lot of things that came upon me later dealing with the multimedia you know because the first time I saw Sunrise they had the band was playing they had screen on the back the the, the what was that 88 millimeter eight uh eight eight millimeter eight millimeter films yeah, eight playing high, super eight super yeah. eight playing the band playing uh, of, of footage of the band in the pyramids in Egypt oh, they yeah. had went to Egypt. Yeah. So the band is playing live and they got a gobo light. A gobo light is this big light. If you put light on it, it sends out little rays throughout the place, so it creates a whole atmosphere. So when I went into the first time I ever saw them play, I saw this whole multimedia thing in the sense of, and and you know he was this man had been doing this since the late '60s. These multimedia kind of things, rave Another ride. thing
0: he was way ahead of the curve, you I'm know,
1: and, uh, and now everybody that I see has a, some kind of screen behind them, and screens and stuff, and so I, it really informed me that, and also with using movement, having dancers coming in, doing, and and really impro- improvisation, improvisation, dances that dealt with improvisation, it just wasn't, because it was different every night, and they just find, they would just improvise like us, they would improvise like us, <coughs> So that's what brought me to it. And it's, it's a, a thing about growth. And I, I, I want to hear something like later. You said you had something like yes from some, from 10 years after that. We're going yes. to make a 10-year skip. Yes. Because I think that was a very healthy period from like 69 to about 89 for Sunrise. It was, a lot went on. A lot went on with Sunrise then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, there is. Um... His health started to kind of around late late 80s, start to go.
0: Yes, But, uh, I mean, the band was still vibrant. You still had, we are going to skip ahead to a recording from 1986. It's another one from the KCR archives. Again, uh, well, let me back out and tell you, you're listening to, Craig Harris has been talking and um, sharing his experiences playing in the orchestra. And uh, Craig is also hosting this concert series, Tuesday Afternoons
1: in Harlem. Yes, 12 o'clock at 59 West... 137th Street. That's you take the two or three train to uh, 135th Street and Lenox Avenue, also known as Malcolm X Boulevard, and you walk up two blocks to 137th Street, and you make a right. And there's a church there. It's a beautiful little church. It holds about 150, 200 people. There's a beautiful sound, acoustic sound in it. And tomorrow will be Ted Daniels. And check at WelcomeToHarlem.com or Craig S. Harris, C R A I G S H A R R I S dot com. And uh we'll we'll get to you and you also can call KCR because we're gonna do some free ticket giveaways. And Mitch is Mitch's gonna teach me about.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um Well we so uh and and I should tell you. Uh, that uh, my name is Mitch Goldman, and uh, this is WKCR FM and WKCR FM New York and WKCR HD1. You can also hear us at WKCR.org online, and you can share that with your friends around the world. Right. And uh, so, weeknights from 6 to 9 p.m. is the program Jazz Alternatives, and on these Mondays, we do this program called Deep Focus. And Deep Focus, we have a guest with some special knowledge about these live unreleased recordings that we have in the archives. And uh, I can't think of any better example ever than Craig Harris, trombonist, composer, band leader, educator, giving insight and deep focus on Sun Ra. So that's where you just
1: stepped into the middle of. Right. That's it, the Debremen. You want to bring on the Debremen concert? Yes. And I'm not on these concerts because I had left the band like in 80. I was in band 76 to early 80. But I feel like I remember seeing you in the 80s. Did you step I, I, in from I, I, time I, to time? I went, I played at the town hall when he was ill. Oh, okay. I came, I played yes, with him when yes, he was yes. ill at the town hall. I came to play at the town hall when he was ill because I hadn't seen him in a long time and that's and that's the last time I saw him, he was ill. We played a, uh, what's his name, Michael Dorff and them, they gave a comp, a I think you might have been shooting. That, I may. Mean, I mean, yeah. it was at like, But it was at Town Hall, it was yeah. at Town Hall, and I and I did a recording with him in like, in 81. I remember we just, we went and did a recording with him in 81, but pretty much, that you 76 would, yeah, to hit, 79, yeah, yeah. Eight, 79, 80, I was like, there all the time. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, I was there, yeah. like I, I was a, it was and uh, and it was funny because I got. I told Sonny I was going to start doing some things, and he was like, "What do you mean you're going to start doing things?" <laughs> and so I had two friends of mine, uh, Noel Scott, the alto saxophonist. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. They had went to school with me, and a guy named Kenny Williams, who I've known since all my life. And I said, "Well, Sonny, I'm going to leave, but I got two for you. So I give you two for one deal to let, me, to let me out of the raw jail. That's what he called it, the raw jail. He said, "You in the raw jail? Cause you always, you know, when you wanted you, you tried to. You it, it hasn't happened always, but you try to try to make it. You know." happy endings when you, when you, when you. So I said, okay, I got two for you. So I think Kenny's on this recording. I think Noel is on this recording. And in fact, Noel, I think, is still working with the band to this day. Wow. And that's since, and he's been working with the band since 80. So that's like, it's it's on and on forever. I think he's starting to do more of his own stuff in London. But I remember I said, I got Sunrise. I remember I went Sunrise, called him, I said, I can't make the gig. The next one, he said, well, what's wrong? I said, I'm getting ready to do this. I was working on uh, Broadway with Lena Horn. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I couldn't travel as much, you know, and I started working a lot with David Murray around that time, 80. Right, sure. And so, and, and it was time, it was time, yeah, you know, it was, yeah. it was time, it was time.
0: But there are stories about that too, about Sun Ra not being so, so ready to let go. No, and I, we, we,
1: we're going to talk about that Afrofuturism. That's okay. this whole thing. It's, yeah, George Clinton, Afrofuturism, control. There was a control thing that you're going to be in, the, they call it the Ra Jail. The mm-hmm. Ra Jail. When you're in the Ra I called I, it that. He, sunrise and the wow. band members—we call it the raw jail. When you're in the doghouse, oh, you go yeah. to the raw jail. You're in the raw. You're, you know, you're in the raw jail. That's when you sit up there. You don't solo for you know. Uh, old you, yeah. you, you know, you stay in the raw jail. Get,
0: getting vibed.
1: But uh, I was prepared for Pat Patrick and Makanda. They did a good job on me, you know, prepare me to be unprepared. Mm. Well, so we're
0: skipping ahead to '86. Perhaps uh, you're right that. Uh Ra was not quite in full flower of health, but I mean, the band is pretty much intact. And uh, why don't we hear some music? I'll come back and talk about who's in the band and who's not in the band or whatever else. So we're going to Bremen, West Germany, uh, June 24th, 1986. And uh, yeah, you're listening to Craig Harris and I'm Mitch Goldman putting Sun Ra in deep focus on WKCR back to this uh Part two of this broadcast from June 8th, 2015. Craig Harris, my guest on the topic of Sunra, And there's one more. Actually, there's two more sections. If you didn't hear part one first, you might want to go back and check that out. But part three is still waiting for you. And also, uh, as I say this to you in 2021, these gigs that Craig's talking about, they happened back in 2015. But Craig Harris is still doing a big variety of programs through those same avenues so do go to those websites that he talks about craigsharris.com and uh, also the about the um, harlem tours Uh, and keep an eye out for craig harris for his album releases for his tours when he comes to your town he is a delight uh he's got some stuff if you're hearing this in july 2021 i believe he's got a performance coming up at bryant park in august so look out for that too all right i'm mitch goldman steep focus see on the next one